Hi everyone and welcome to Take 10 for Torah number 885. I hope you all are well. Any questions, comments, suggestions, recommendations, or sponsorships, please email me at rabbiyismach at take10fortorah.org. Today I wanted to discuss one of the things that we've, we've been doing as a custom in the month of Elul, and that's blowing the shofar each day. So as we blow the shofar, we know when, when, when one blows the shofar, they make a variety of different sounds. There's the takiyah, that's the long sound. There's the shavaram, that's the broken in three sound, bum, bum, bum. And then there's the teruah, the bum, 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 which is really nine short staccato blasts. And then finally, there is the takiyah. Again, we close with that long sound again. Sometimes we combine the two, shavaram and teruah, so it's bum, 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 That's Lots of fun. And so you should try that. I hope you're alone, though. And when we uh, blow all of these different blasts, one wonders, where does this all come from? So in the next uh, nine minutes, I'd like to discuss that. So the Pasuk, as we know, tells us in the Torah that there is a day, we know this as Rosh Hashanah, a day which is Yom Teruah, a day of Teruah, the, a blowing the sound of a shofar. In Vayikra, it refers to as uh, Zichron Teruah, a remembrance of the shofar. And then finally, when discussing the mitzvah of Yovel, which comes around once every 50 years, and has a shofar blown on Yom Kippur of that year, at the end of Yom Kippur of that year, so it says again, Havarta Shofar Teruah. And so you're, there's a three-time reference to the shofar teruah. It's interesting. It only says the word shofar in regard to yovel, shofar referring to a ram's horn. And we learn from yovel to Rosh Hashanah that it's the ram's horn that you use, not some sort of trumpet or something else. And so all of these three are associated together. The blowing of the shofar referenced in Bamidbar and Vayikra relating to Rosh Hashanah. And of course, the blowing of the shofar as well relating to yovel. It's all connected. And so the Rambam understands that, um, and he bases this off the Gemara, of course, he says, really, the way it works is as follows. It's supposed to be, uh, because it says teruah three times in the Torah, that in order to fulfill this mitzvah, we do three teruos, three of this teruah sound. That's the reference in the Torah, teruah. Teruah is a broken sound, and the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, Daflam, and Gimel, and Beis, tells us that there are two possibilities of what the teruah sounds like, and we'll get a little bit more into this in a moment. But because the teruah is mentioned three times, so we're going to do three teruahs. But of course, each teruah is going to be surrounded by a tekiah. So it's going to be tekiah, the teruah sound, whatever it is, and then another tekiah, and that's going to be repeated three times. So altogether, really, the Torah requires just nine blasts. You know, they have on TV Shark Week, this is going to be Shofar Week, and we're going to do a few classes on different elements of the Shofar. But today, I want to focus on specifically what is that sound of the Teruah, okay? Because now we know we do a bunch of different things. So the Gemara entertains that there are two possibilities. Really, Teruah comes from this notion of broken. Unkelis and Bamidbar translates the word Teruah as it's a yom teruah, yom yevava. Yevava means wailing or crying. And it says there are two different possibilities of how one can cry. Okay, you know, you can go out and uh, test this, you know, smack a bunch of people in the face and see exactly how they cry. Or just trust the Gemara. The Gemara says that there are two possibilities. One possibility is a sob. A sob which goes in that staccato form, you know, Bum, 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 bum. That's one method. Another method, method is the what we refer to now as shivarim. Shivarim is this broken, it's like a longer wail, not a sob, but a wail. Wah, wah, wah. So that's three, as opposed to the sob, which is like staccato nine, three broken up 
into three. And so what the Gemara tells us is because of this uncertainty, and we'll get back to that in a moment, but because of this uncertainty, it says in Gemara Shonadaf Lamadal and Amadalaf, Iskin Rabbi Avo Bekesari, Rabbi Avo and Kesaria said, he established, here's what we should be doing. Itakia, Shlosha Shavarim, three shavarms, meaning three broken sounds, we should do the whale sound after the tzakiyah, the teruah, which is the nine-part broken sound, it colloquially becomes known as the teruah, but again, all of this is trying to figure out what the teruah is, so the shavarim is an interpretation of teruah, as well, of course, as the teruah, and then finally, the tzakiyah, the kiyah which surrounds them both. So Rabbi Avo seems to be some sort of compromise position, where he says you do shavarim teruah. So when we see this, we see this in our machzar, when the baltokeah, the person who's blowing the shofar, blows the shofar, so it's tzakiyah, shavarim, teruah, tzakiyah. It's the solid sound, and then the three broken sound, and then the nine broken sound, and then the solid sound. So that's what the Gemara tells us the Rabbi Avo wanted us to do in order to fulfill this idea of doing a teruah three times and surrounding it by tekiyos in both ends. So he would have us do this process of tekiyah, shavaram, teruah, tekiyah, three times. Okay, good. So the Gemara then asks, I don't understand. Which one is it? If you believe it's Iolule Yalil, Leva Tekia Teruah Tekia. Meaning if you believe it's the it's the it's the sob, right? So I'm sorry, if you believe it's the it's the whale, right, the three broken sound, so then you should be doing the tekia then the, that I'm sorry, the other way around, excuse me. If you believe it's the teruah, the broken sound into nine parts, then it should be tekia teruah tekia, just do that. The iganu ganach levit tekia shlosha shvarm tekia. Do the whale and then the tekia. So the Gemara says we're not sure. And that's why we do both. So then the Gemara says, in the name of Rabbi Avira, yeah, but I don't understand. You can't do both because let's say it's one and not the other. What that would do, you would be interrupting one with the other. Meaning, one is considered the classic sound of Teruah, and one is the wrong sound of Teruah. So therefore... We can't go and just do Tekiah Shavarim Teruah Tekiah, because one of them is right, one of them is wrong, and if we're blowing the wrong sound, so then we haven't surrounded the right sound with two straight Tekiahs. We've been surrounding the right sound with one Tekiah and one wrong sound. So that's not the right way to do it. Then, so the Gemara says, oh, I'll tell you what you do, so you should just do them individually. So have a Tekiah, and then a Teruah, and then a Tekiah. Ravina says, but that's not good enough. What if Tekiah, I'm sorry, teruah, the broken sound into nine parts, isn't the right one. If that's not the right one, then what should we do? So, uh, then uh, then you've also not fulfilled your obligation. So he says, therefore, you should also do tekiah, shavarim, tekiah. So really, it's not just we do a tekiah and then both sounds meshed together, because that wouldn't be good enough. We're going to do a tekiah and then a teruah, and then a tekiah, tekiah, shavarim, and then a tekiah, because we're not sure what it is. So then what was Rabbi Avo's line? What, like, what, what did Rabbi Avo establish if we're going to be doing all of these redundancies? So the Gemara says he wasn't sure. Maybe he said it's both. Maybe the sab, the teruah, the broken sound that's referred to in the Torah is actually so broken that it's broken into three and then broken into nine and it's both. The Gemara says then maybe we should do it to kia teruah shavarim. 
Takiya. Why don't we go the other way? That nine broke breaks and then the, the three breaks. The Gemara is sure, that can't be it. Nobody cries like that. Nobody cries, sobs and then wails. We just wail and then sob. Okay? So therefore, we have three options of what the Teruah could be, and that's the conclusion of the Gemara. And we're going to discuss next week exactly how that translates into all of the sounds that we see in the Machsar. We see this done again and again and again. The Baltokea seems to be doing way more than is the basic amount required, and indeed that is the case. But we're going to see exactly how many of them are absolutely necessary and how many of them are extra and why. But the question I want to deal with in the last two minutes is something we touched upon many, many weeks ago when we talked about two tefillin, Rashi tefillin and Rabinu Tam tefillin, and that's the question of how are we not sure? I mean, weren't you in Shul in Rosh Hashanah last year? Wasn't Rabbi Avo in Shul? Weren't all these rabbis in Shul that they could be able to define exactly what had happened before, that they could define exactly what type of sob we're trying to recreate, or what type of wail, or what type of cry uh, we're trying to recreate over here. So it's an excellent question as to how this fell in, and it's something which has been discussed for over a thousand years, this question. Some understand that indeed a suffix, a doubt did fall in, and we weren't sure for whatever reason. But there's another approach out there, and that other approach is based on Rav Haigon. Rav Haigon says, you know what, back in the day, there was no one right way to do it. And so he says, Some would do heavy sobs and some would do light sobs. Some would do in different ways. And they would both fulfill their obligation. There was no very precise and specific obligation to do it in any one particular way. And so they uh, they all fulfill their obligation. So what happens? So what happens is, over the course of history, we want to codify it. We don't have the ability necessarily to go and to, and to just do what we want. We need things you know, written down, we need things codified, and we need things created into formulas so that we're able to reproduce them. And so now the question is, so which one should we do? Which is the right one? Which is the writer one? And so because we're not exactly sure about that, so we double down and we do them all. So it's not that we weren't sure. It was by definition unsure about what was required. But in our desire to make sure that we do it the right way, and we want to make sure that we do it the same way because of the exile and because of the inability to transmit it as efficiently as it once was. So we're forced to go and do all of the different options to cover all of the possible bases. And so while those there are those who understand that it's because of a doubt falling in, Rav Hai and many of this approach understand that no, there was never really one way to do it. And everybody was okay in how they do it. But there came a time where we wanted to codify one particular way so we all Jews could be doing it the exact same way and this is what was formed.